What would your number one recommendation be to any agent jumping into this world to be successful right out of the gate? My number one always is that I am not a kid that was, you know, the smartest. I had no money going into it, but hard work and just going for it has led to all my success. So I think you can't get into this space unless you're a grinder. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Pretziger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance dudes. You just released for the independent channel. Can you go through the whole process of how an independent agent would use Obi? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we just uh, launched with our portal. So we have a portal that you would access just like, you know, accessing travelers or state auto or any of your other carriers, you know, you'll get a login, you go in and, you know, from there you go through about the same, uh, let's call it the user experience that you would if you went through and got a quote off our website. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty seamless, nice little process. So you go in, you know, you, you got your dashboard uh, with all your, you know, former quotes or policies that you've, you know, quoted or bound. You can do a new quote right off the dashboard. And it's a very, like what I would say, very smooth, easy way to quote. There's not a lot to a, a one to four rental, right? As far as like, it's not uh, a million questions. It's not like you're working like a whole package business, you know, owner's opportunity on some complex business, you know, it's it's pretty simple and you can get a quote pretty quick, but yeah, you full access. Like it's not uh, like a wholesale relationship. It's not, um, you know, where like we're providing the quotes, like you literally uh, are a producer or a broker uh, for us, no different than getting a traveler's contract and a lot of the things that you can do with travelers or any other carrier you can do uh, with us. We pay, you know, we pay good commissions. I think that are a little higher than the industry norm. I believe they're right around 15% as I believe my guy in agency development will kill me if I got that wrong, but I believe that's where we're at. Uh, so pretty competitive from a commission standpoint, good coverages, everything built in, they'll meet lender requirements, have the correct GLs. I would say competitive rates. I'm sure we're not always the highest, not always the lowest, you know, but competitive. And yeah, I think just overall, it's just a fast, easy process that if you're in this space and you got a lot of investors, that's what you're going to really like because it's just, it's very quick and easy to, you know, provide your investor with a, a quote when they're looking to purchase an asset. And it's just rental properties, one to four doors? Yep. Just, just rental one to four units. Pretty simple. We might expand that, you know, as we go, but right now, I think if we expand it, it'll probably expand in unit count. So, you know, going to eight units, 20 units, everything like that, but Majority of the business, crazy enough, in the in the rental space is in the one to four unit. Statistically, that has a pretty good majority of all rentals in the United States are in that you know in that one to four unit space. So you know, I think that'll keep us quite busy for a little while. You created your niche and you went after it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really cool product. So yes, yeah, so we're looking for, you know, brokers or producers that are, you know, actively writing, you know, uh, that would consider themselves either broker for real estate investors. You know, those are the people that we're bringing on first, you know, because we started with our test pilot. And now we're, you know, bringing on consistent flow of agencies, you know, we're, we're wanting to make sure that, you know, we're a good value. So we're wanting people that are, you know, actively writing the policies. Eventually, we'll probably, you know, offer it out to, you know, the even the individuals who are doing just a couple a year, but you know, right now uh, on the onset, we're really uh, wanting to bring on people that were just like me who are really looking for this product in the market. Cool. What would you say 
are some tips for people that own units like one to four unit properties. What dangers do you see? How do you avoid them? Would it be Airbnb properties too? Yeah. So um, we can do, we can do Airbnb. We can do the short term uh, rentals. We have a product we can do even when it's vacant and uh, some minor builders risk. If you're doing like a remodel where we call it more um, cosmetic, you know, if you're doing full construction, then, you know, you'll, you'd need a builder's risk uh, type policy, of course, but you're doing cosmetic, you know, redoing the kitchens can be vacant for a while. We can handle that. Um, we had to have something for the Airbnb short term because that's just such a popular, you know, thing nowadays in the market. So if you're not doing that, it's like kind of not ha- like having uh, Uber or, or ride share coverage, you know, on the auto side. Like, uh, yeah, so you, you just kind of have to have it, in my opinion, to have that flexibility, especially the rental side is always something going on. It's it's not as uh, clean and cut as the home side, you know, home, it's primary residence. You got someone living in it all the time. Rentals, people are always maybe have a rent in there, maybe short term, maybe they're remodeling, maybe it's vacant, maybe they're fix and flip. There's just a lot more action going on in the rental space. So, you know, we're make sure we cover for that. Really, you know, some pitfalls are uh, realistically um, maybe not covering things correctly. Uh, for us, we we run a full uh, replacement cost uh, using data. So we're usually pretty accurate on uh, getting a good, uh, accurate replacement cost uh, figure for you. Um, I think deductibles sometimes get investors uh, in trouble. You know, uh, they're not looking at their investment, their deductible as like a business decision. And that's really what it is, is, you know, uh, do you want to and can you afford in your P&L as an investor a thousand or five thousand or twenty five hundred deductible, meaning that, you know, do you want to save the year to year cost of the insurance and go with the higher deductible? But if a claim does happen, would would $5,000 wipe you out? Do you even have that in the cash reserve on a, on a, a single family rental? Maybe, maybe you don't. So um, those are things that we like to have conversations on. And they're really business decisions uh, using insurance as the product that we think is, is pretty valuable to have conversations on. But those are the two you know, biggest things, because as an investor, you're looking at your opportunity different than a homeowner thinks about like, you know, if someone happened in my home, like, what do I do? Where do I go? Like, they're out of place. Like, so they're caring about like ALE and you know, how do I get my, like, this is displacing my children and all stuff. When you're on the rental side, you're caring about like, all right, this, this just lost me income. This just, you know, how do I not, you know, go in debt because of this cash flow? I mean, you're just looking at things completely different. So I think generally what we like about just our company and being in the space is that we built our product around that same thought process uh, because myself and our two other founders all come from the real estate space as well. So we really, we get what these uh, owners are going through. And then we built a insurance product really for us that translates well to everybody else. So I have a question for you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a scenario. You have two units next to each other, separate, okay. different, different people. This one has about 12 feet of snow on it and the gas meter is buried under the snow the the gas meter breaks causing a leak forcing the neighbor short-term renters to then have to evacuate okay so none of that's covered by anybody's policy huh to be frank i think a lot of people would try to like sidestep this question or answer it like i am on the like the broker side like this is something that i would consult uh laura and our mga or claims department or someone like i am far from like claim scenario expert um you know to be able to answer that on there whether or not even you know that scenario because you know even from 
a standpoint of when people used to get car accidents, my agency, like we would always, you know, make sure that a claim rep who's handling that day to day is looking at that. But I'm sure there's a lot of scenarios on these unique loopholes that, you know, happen, not just on the rental side, but homeowners, auto, you know, whatever, like there's always, I feel like these scenarios, I remember in my state farm, there's always these things where you're like, uh, like, like we had one, one time where uh, we had like an Iceland Greenland scenario. I, I, one was called like village and the other one was called like Eagle, but Eagle had villas addresses and, uh, and then villas had, you know, Eagles uh, addresses sure. like, like, yeah, they had them flip, but it got so confusing that the lender just assumed that it was Eagle and Eagle villas and villas. Right. And when we got it sent to us, we did the same. Cause like, why would you not, why would you think that it would, oh, be, no. like, it would do that? And so, you know, of course there was a claim on, on one of them. And the first thing that this carrier who I didn't agree with was like, oh, well, like we're not actually covering this because like we're, you know, over here. So because you know, of a clerical those, error, right? Like, it's, yeah, that's, yeah. They, no, they ended up taking care of it or whatever, Good. but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's always those scenarios where I think that you hope that, and I would, I'd hope this for our TPA and, you know, and our MGA and Laura that runs, you know, us as a carrier and a claims department that, you do what makes sense, even if it doesn't technically fully black and white, maybe state that in the policy. I think there's a lot, and I've seen this with carriers. I saw it on State Farm for sure. I will give them credit for it is if it doesn't actually say it or it's just nothing, but like there is still a cause, you know, I, I do think that uh, we can still say that claims adjusters and some other people do have a heart as much as we get yeah. such a bad rap for not paying. Yeah. I think we pay more for things that we shouldn't then not pay for things that we, you know, should, you know, I I agree with that. Yeah. I think the perception is, is that the company is doing whatever it can to not pay. Right. And I, I certainly agree that that may be the case with some of the 800 numbers only because they're so unprofitable, right. They're running in and in the negative. So they have to, but they put themselves in that situation. Now we're charging more. Most of the carriers, right. Are charging more. And as a result, you get a higher, this gives that opportunity. And I know that when I was the agent day to day, you know, the guy that answered the phone and helped everybody and taught, did claims, like I talked them into yeses when it started as a no. Right. Yeah. And I think that there, that is a big value of the agent. Absolutely. That, I, I couldn't, um, I couldn't agree yeah. more. I think but of course, there's always a conversation, right? Yeah. Like, you know, any claim, if it's close, there's a conversation to be had. And you know, yeah, this goes to our question from, you know, 30 minutes ago of like, do, why do we not think brokers and agents are going away is, you know, AI and different technology can't replace that right there. They can really only do black and white. And you see it in trading from stocks is that, you know, when they use the bots, they just can trade off of the headlines, but they don't really actually maybe understand the headlines. So that they just see like, you know, auto sales down, they just start selling off anything that's related to an auto company. And they don't realize, you know, that, you know, it's maybe it's a good thing, right? Like, and, you know, they just, uh, they just take it out of verbatim. So uh, uh, I think that's a prime example to your point of like why agents are still important. Brokers are still important. Humans are still important that like we are still far from um, taking that uh, heart out of the tin man. You know what I mean? Like we, we still need that to happen. I look at that and I look at insure tech and I look at it all like, man, I know if I was going to war, I'd want an Uzi rather than, you know, a little butter knife. Like it's all tools, right? Absolutely. Somebody's got to man the tools. Yep. I mean, there are such amazing tools now and to prevent people from having those tools in their hands is 
bananas. Luckily, we have really good tools. It's still, they do a good job, but yeah, I'm with you. It's like, you do hope that they, selfishly, you want to continue with them. You want to like keep going, right? Like, I think that's the the point, right? Like, you know, not to out your company or anyone's, you know, of like, it's just like, my dad used to call State Farm the, the biscuit train with gravy wheels or whatever, or the gravy train with biscuit wheels, one of the two or whatever. Like you want the good opportunity to keep going. So like, it's like, bring on the technology, bring on the changes. Let me keep growing with you, you know, like let us, you know, keep going. You're not allowed to, right? At probably said company, bring in your own technology and do anything probably too much that uh, they don't allow on your computer or want you to have. So right. it's like, like help me help you, like, you know, bring me the technology so I can bring you more clients, you know, like it's, it's simple math. Yeah. So crazy. Well, cool. You know, the captive space, you know, the indie space, you know, the insure tech space. What are some misconceptions each party might have of each other? Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's a good question. I, I think on the captive or independent side, what what I hear the most that, you know, gets my skin going a little bit because it's like so against how I am is they always feel like, you know, someone's going to take my book, right? If I work <laughs> with Obi. They're going to eventually steal my clients, right? Like that is the big thing that I hear from the IA channel as far as insure tech. They just think that eventually because they're direct consumer as well, that they're eventually going to like, you know, take their clients, even though like 90% of even the non-insure techs have a DTC arm as, as well, or some facet of it, right? Like you can go to their site and get a quote and, you know, even like some of the captives, like people can go to the site, get a quote and get sent to another agent of that same company. And you can lose out too. Right. Like, cause all of a sudden they find out that, you know, there's a, a state farm agent closer to them. And the next thing you know, you're getting the, the BOR internally. So it happens across the board. Right. So I don't like when people fear that. Uh, and ultimately if, if, if insure techs are getting into the IA space it's because they value the space, they see that it's profitable. They see that they, they don't want to be direct to consumer. They want to be B to B to C, right? Like they want to work with that independent. Like, frankly, for me, like I, I think about it very simple. And that's how I explain to like, why would I want to have to talk to the client, service the client, answer the client, yelling at me, happy with me, all this stuff, do all that stuff. If I can just provide you the policy and you can do all that, I only pay out an expense if you write a policy. I don't want to break that model. I like that model speaking as like the carrier or the insure tech, like, it's a great business model, right? And then, uh, and then the misconception I think on you know our side is you know I see too many people thinking that the independent agent isn't like tech savvy or isn't isn't up with the times, and 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 I don't think that that is at all true. I think that we have a lot of intelligence in the IA channels and the captive channels. I think what I would challenge the space to do is to push more and not be just okay with the status quo, like. I would love to see more of the independent and captives, you know, pushing their internal captive uh, to do more and bring in more technically. If I'm an independent agent, you know, really not looking to do the same thing that's worked for 40 years. And and my biggest thing for the space in general is don't chase the silver bullet, create it, right? Like I see way too many on the uh, independent or the captive side that are, uh, you know, on the social media channels and they're just trying to follow, you know, five or six people and, you know, and try to do what they do. It's like, you know, try to do that, like go out and, you know, do things to challenge and and be the person that someone wants to, you know, copy your silver bullet or who's calling you because, you know, you're doing something because if you're calling someone to like, you know, I'm not saying don't have mentors or whatever. I'm just saying like, if you're constantly paying for the next 
shiny object or next piece of technology out there. And you just think that that's actually going to make you a better agent broker or owner. You know, that's just really not true. Uh, use technology to enhance what you're already doing, right? Like be passionate, drive to do stuff and realize what you need to help you even get to the next level. Say something about myself, but like I, I took the opportunity to go build that insurance company for Century 21. I needed technology to make that process faster, right? So that's like an example of, you know, what I'm getting at. Go find that opportunity and then go find tech and carriers who use tech or your own company, get them to bring you tech so that you can, you know, handle those opportunities and ultimately make some sales and bring on good clients. That's Love awesome. It. How about what would your number one recommendation be to any agent jumping into this world to be successful right out of the gate? My number one always is that I am not a kid that was, you know, the smartest. I had no money going into it, but hard work and just going for it has led to all my success. So I think you can't get into this space unless you're a grinder or want to be a grinder, especially in the early years. So that's always my advice is if you think, you know, in your head, like this is what you're going to do and this is how hard you're going to work, freaking triple that effort. Uh, because to me, that's what it really takes. It's, it's not an easy industry. A lot of people that you you'll talk to are five, 10 years in and they forget about those first couple of years. Like, you know, I would think majority of people hearing me speak today have had the ramen, you know, not see their kids. Like they've had those moments, including myself, you know, uh, credit card bills, stress, like it is, it's a great industry once you get in with the renewals, but it, because it's such a low commission rates and different like that to get going and you have to build it up that you really have to be resilient. You, you know, you have to be dedicated to your craft and, you know, you'll be very helpful the faster you can start working, you know, it's a, it's a cliche, but working, you know, on your business and not in, that's a huge thing for people. A lot of people still are answering the phones at their own agency and, you know, you eventually got to get out of that mold and move on. And the faster you get good processes in and, you know, my last bit of advice is really concentrate on your, your lead source because it's really easy in this industry to just throw money at uh, opportunities, whether that's internet leads or mailers or cold, you know, it's, it's just so easy to do that stuff. If I'm going scratch, especially if I'm going scratch and I do have some funds, let's just say I, you know, I got into this and I did have some money in the bank. I'd spend my whole first year just getting as many people as I can to like me because in insurance, we are in the, I like you game, right? Because everyone has insurance and they just got to like you better than the person that they currently have their insurance with. Right. Now right. maybe, maybe you entice them a little bit with a lower cost, but at the end of the day, uh, you shouldn't be going out trying to get people to write insurance with you or call you for a quote. If you're saying stuff like that, like you're not actually doing anything. People will know you're an in insurance if you're doing a good job of working hard and sharing like just what you're doing and then show them that you're a good human, show them who you are, show them that you're a good entrepreneur, show them you're a good friend. And when every six months or every year or when they have a problem, one of those nine triggers for insurance happens, you just want them to, you know, this was my pitch at State Farm. You know, I just want one of those happen for you to think Matt Sudica State Farm. And that's kind of the, the philosophy you want as a broker is just get them to think about you when they're ready to go and that will create everything for you. And then this job gets real fun and easy, right? Like yeah. then it gets, then it gets dangerous. That's when you can really scale. So I know that's more than, you know, probably no, one a, little thing, but. That's um, great. Matt, thank you so much. Thanks for going the distance with us. Um, did it. A lot of great stuff. It's uh, really cool to see agents that 
you know, have been in so many different worlds. I think you're the first agent with InsureTech that's been on the indie side and captive. So it's a really cool perspective, I think, coming from you because you've seen it all. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I think that is, uh, I'm very lucky to have the opportunity. It's really, it's cool. I, lo- I love the insurance space. I've always been insurance nerd. I've always, you know, when Justin Timberlake was bringing sexy back, like that was like what I wanted to do for insurance, you know? And yeah. So yeah, I, I love that I've gotten to be involved in it and I hope I'm involved in like 30 more things over the, the course because it is such a great industry that a lot of people just don't realize it's, it's recession proof. It's in the makeup, alcohol, death taxes category, like gotta have it. Someone's forcing you to do it, things like that. And, Pandemic proof. And if, and if you're in it, yeah, you love it. And um, I'm just glad that we're bringing a lot of talent in, a lot of, you know, technology and a lot of like good people into it. And people are realizing the same thing that three of us have realized that this space is, is very sexy. It is very, uh, you know, phenomenal space yeah. to be in. If you're in it and you don't love it, then it's important to take a look at why, you know, what's happening there. What is making it not fun? Because I know that there were years where it was not fun and I didn't even want to be at the office and I had to take a real close look and figure out, you know, what am I doing that I hate? And it was all of it, but I was working in it, right? Like not on yep. it. And it's a big shift. I mean, even in our coaching group that we have, uh, one of our one of the members, she she said, ah, I can't let go of anything. I have to we we like beat her with with you gotta let go. And you know what? You're taking Indeed. Friday off for the next forever. You're not working Fridays anymore. And she actually came back the next week, last on Wednesday, last Wednesday, and she said, I didn't work the last two Fridays and we, we were, it was awesome. Right. She's like, yeah. we actually wrote more Nothing broke. I'm like, yeah. exactly. It's better when we're not there. Yep. yep. <laughs> Messing everything if, up. If, so. if your team doesn't look at you, like, why are you here when you walk in the door? It's, it's, it's not a good thing. Yeah. I come into the <laughs> studio, I shut the door and I leave to go to the bathroom. I'd like, I'm not out there with them too much, you know, and it's, that it is, works better. That is, that is awesome. I, well, I appreciate you guys having me on here. Uh, yeah really really cool and uh can they can know. people get a demo website do you have a yeah a, um url on the worldwide interwebs we do it'd be really bad to be a tech company and not probably have a yeah. website <laughs> but yeah uh if you see ob behind me if you add insurance to that.com uh you can get to us uh there is a way right on the website where you can get in and get connected with our agency development team which is our our ia team okay um i'm think I'm the only Matt Sudica out on social media. So if you don't like to go, you know, on, on the line, right. And go that way, you can go to any of the social media and probably shoot me right. a private message and I can get you connected as well. Isn't it fun being the only one like Craig Pretzinger? There's only one. There's only, yeah. One. You know, that's a, that's, that's a good one. I used to always say Tigger cause I'm uh, my wife and I are big Disney fans, of course. Um, and I, you know, he'd always say that line, but uh, it is nice. Growing up, I like it was challenging because no one knew how to say my name and everything. Now, as I've done a lot of like things like this, and it's like, how do you get a hold of me? It does make it nice that like you can search my name and I'm like the only You're one the only that one. Uh, pops up. And the, even Sudika in general, there's not a ton of us. So I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, now, the opposite, if I ever, you know, do something, you know, bad, I'm, I'm also easy to find too, probably. Right. So uh, <laughs> got to stay on my good behavior. Yeah. And Phil Collins wrote that song, Sue, Sue, Sudica. So I thought I loved you and now I love you like 10X <laughs> because that is my line. So normally when I do a podcast, you know, a lot of times the host beforehand will say like, hey, how do I say your last name? 
And I always tell them like Sudica, like suit, like the Phil Collins song, like Sudica. Sudica. Yeah. Cause I, my dad growing up used to lie to us, uh, us boys, there's three boys and uh, used to tell us that he, you know, he knew him and they, he wrote that song about, <laughs> about us. Oh, that's uh, so good. It wasn't until later that I realized it was a different uh, spelling and, you know, he really wasn't saying Sudica. <laughs> yeah, studio, <laughs> isn't it? Susu Studio. Yeah. Oh. It's like studio or yeah. Anything. And so Close yeah, the up, amount of people I legitly told that my dad uh, knew him and he wrote that song about us. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is no one ever called me out because I don't think anybody actually really knew. Oh, you just, told everybody too because your well, dad. I started telling people because, like, I mean, why would my dad lie to me? You know, oh. like, my dad, right? No. Yeah, so I would tell people, and it's That's amazing. So Even when I tell people now for like the podcast, how many people are like, "Oh my god, that's crazy!" So the, the song is about your name. You know, like, <laughs> no, no, like I'm just trying to help you with like the you know where like people will put in parentheses like how to pronounce it. I'm like, I just you know it's a good way, but. Yeah, I think it's the age old thing. If if you say something with conviction and a straight face, you know, nine out of 10 people will believe you or they won't call you out on it. You know, it's kind of one of those. That's so good. We <laughs> almost got to the whole interview without that golden nugget right there. So good. I know. I, know. <laughs> I guess that's it. That's it. Cool, so man. Good. OBIE insurance.com. Hopefully, Envy will throw that link in the notes down below. Or if you're listening, then you didn't see me point. So good for you. Enjoy the rest <laughs> of your drive. Go to the next episode. Don't listen to Rogan. <laughs> oh, Love thanks, it. guys, for having me. All right. Yep. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Have a great one. Bye.